So quickly, let us move to the word of God, what we've been sharing on. I continue to share on what was laid upon my heart right from the beginning of the year. It hasn't been changed. We are still touching the aspect of faith. And that is the mystery of faith. And we've been looking at various aspects of that faith because we have said all and on, on and on again that looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I will not get tired to keep on reminding us. You may say you know these things, and we can say we know these things, but the Word of God says it is not grievous for me to remind each one of us of these particular truths. One of the things about us human beings is we have a tendency to forget. And remember what he said in his word. He said in the last days, iniquity shall abound, and the love of many shall grow cold. Why does the love of many grow cold? He says it's because iniquity shall abound, or wickedness shall, will abound. And if you compare those two and compare with the subject that we've been dealing with, where he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The moment you and I, or any child of God, removes his or her eyes from Jesus, when you stop contemplating him, when you stop walking in what he has said, when you stop reading his word, when you stop, you know, meditating, singing his word and letting him fill your mind and fill your everything, the moment you do that, your eyes will shift unto something in the world. Now he says, iniquity shall abound. The more you look at the wickedness in the world and what of you, the more your spirit starts to go down slowly by slowly, regardless of who you are. Listen to bad news from morning to the evening. By the evening, your spirit will be down. Rest assured, it doesn't matter who you are. And that's, what, that's how we are made. And so because iniquity abounds, our eyes move from the Lord and move to the world. We look at the floods, we look at the disasters, we look at you know, all the atrocities that mankind is doing to each other, left, center, and right, and what nature happening in the natural world, and suddenly our hearts starts to shrink. Immediately you find that our love for God also shrinks likewise, because he ceases to be in the picture. And the moment he ceases to be in the picture, he's so big, but the moment you call, call, means to look at him, he suddenly becomes small and disappears. That is the wonder about our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I encourage us, let us continue to look unto him. And the more we look unto him, the more he says our faith will grow in Jesus' name. Last week, we, call, we started on that, or that, not last week, the other week when I was sharing last, we shared on the aspect of looking unto Jesus, the good shepherd. And the good shepherd is basically the final I am that we are touching on. We touched on the I am and the door and I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd is quite stretching out because that's who he is. And we'll share some three aspects about the good shepherd today. And other aspects we shall share them some other time. All of them are designed by the word of God to stir up faith in us. And to build, to embolden, you know, to embolden our faith so that we become mightier and mightier in the Lord or secure in Him for the glory of His name. So remember what we said last time when we say, when Jesus says, I am, 
And basically, one of the three things or four things which I show, we said, he says, I am the omnipresent one. He is the good shepherd. So he is the omnipresent shepherd. He is ever present. Wherever you are, whether you're asleep or awake, wherever you go. You know what David said in one, Psalms 139, if you remember that psalm. He says, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. He says, even I go to the very ends of the earth where I think you are not. He says, still you are there. He says, even if I hide in the, in the darkness, he says, the darkness or the night will be as light to you because you are there. He says, I'm the omnipresent. He is the omnipresent shepherd. And that's why he says, look unto me. The more you look unto him, you realize how faith grows in you. And we shall touch very briefly on why is it so important, you know, to keep in touch with this particular shepherd. As he, as he, says, he, says, he says, I'm the omniscient shepherd. He knows it all. There is nothing about you. Sometimes we ask him so many times, why, why, why? But the essence is, he says, I am the omniscient, the good shepherd. I know it all. Nothing about you is hidden from me. I am able to sort it out. Look unto me, that is unto the Lord Jesus. He says, I am the omnipotent, the all-powerful shepherd. Thus, why is, as we shared last time, the sheep do not know how to defend themselves. Of all animals, there's one animal that doesn't know how to defend itself. It doesn't have claws to be able to, you know, to, 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 to claw like the cat or the dog or whatever. It doesn't have, you know, the, the speed. Its feet are, are weak. The feet of the sheep are generally weak. It, is not, it, it doesn't have speed. So when the predator comes, the guy can't take off that fast. There is nowhere where it is going. It is generally just, you know, it only knows how to follow and it is weak. It only keeps on following, whatever. That is one strange about the, the sheep. If you've seen an antelope or some of the other animals, when they are even feeding, their eyes are always, they are always, they are always the, the sheep doesn't behave like that if you ever look at the sheep. The sheep is so, you know, confident if the shepherd is around, it looks down onto the whatever and it just eats. It, it will be taken by surprise from any particular side. That is the wonder of the sheep. And that's what God calls you and calls me. He says we are the sheep of his pasture. That is our nature. We cannot even defend ourselves. Sometimes we think that we can defend ourselves. Let me tell you the truth. We cannot. That's why when he left, he said, I, he told the father, I leave them, you know, keep them from the evil one. Hide them, keep them in your name. Why? Because he knew you and I, we do not have the power or the insight or the understanding to be able even to defend ourselves. Sheep only have their head, their hard head. That's the one they used to bat each other every now and then. And you know, we do that in our ministry every now and then. We usually hurt each other most of the time. Because of what I've said, what we have said, I step on your toe, you step on my toe. That's one of the things that sheep knows how to do, basically. But to defend itself, it doesn't. And so let us enter into this particular aspect as we look unto the aspect of looking unto the good shepherd. That he says in John chapter 10 verse 11. And we'll read just those verse 11 and then jump to verse 14. He says in verse 11, John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. 
Then verse 10. I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep. And I'm known by my own. Now remember again Psalms 23. We begin on this one aspect. Where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm saying, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the good shepherd. Why is the good shepherd the reason for faith? That as you look unto him, suddenly you start getting that particular strength, that particular insight, that particular understanding in spiritual things that makes you to stand firm in whatsoever situation. Listen again to these words and let them sink in your heart. As he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Aye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Those are the words of a sheep that knows what it or who its shepherd is and the characteristics of the shepherd. So first of all, let us look at us looking unto the good shepherd. As Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. One thing about if you go to the Middle East or areas where sheep have been kept all along, in, maybe now because the, the systems have changed and communication has changed, but in the time of uh, David and in the past time, you saw people live, say, like in villages, in, in closed places because, for security. People are not scattered all over so that you know you, you are here and then your neighbor is maybe an acre away and another. No, they, all the community, just like we stay here, they will stay in a community. So the moment you step out of the village, uh, or, or, or the enclosed of the place where the settlement is, and you step into the wilderness, you are basically alone. You are at the mercy of the wilderness. And the wilderness was such a long, long, like if you go to Israel, the, is, the wilderness was a long, 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 you know, a, a long a, a barren, barren area, such that virtually almost nothing will survive in that particular place. And in the wilderness, it basically, when the traveler will step out of the village or whatever, they are basically alone. Or the group of travelers, even if you are whatever number, you are alone, you are to yourself. You don't have the police like here. The police, they are in the wilderness to watch over you to make sure you are safe. Another thing is, you find that you find the wilderness is subject to thieves because they know there is no whatever protection there. It is subject to wild animals. It is subject to snakes and, you know, you know, there's, you know, there's storms if it is in the desert. There are the storms that, dust storms that can come from anywhere. There is shortage of water and, you know, loose rocks. You can imagine and, you know, terrible heat that comes in the wilderness. So when the sheep will step out in the wilderness, they are basically alone. And what the scripture is basically telling us here when David says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is basically saying that the Lord is the source of my security. 
That, you know, in the midst, in the midst of the many dangers that may surround me where there is no other help, there is no man who will reach out unto me. Now, when our sister was in hospital, there is, you only have the doctors around. You don't even know who these doctors are. They are only attending to you for the first time. You, you, you are in the midst of nowhere. You are in the place where you are sort of like vulnerable. He says he is our source of security. That is, if you learn to keep your eyes on him and don't look at anything else. Remember, he provides food in the wilderness. He will provide drink in the wilderness. He will provide peace or tranquility in the wilderness, in the particular place of, of, of toughness. He will provide rescue when we are lost. Even the moment when we are lost, he provides that freedom from fear of evil and death. Because he is ever present with you. And he wants you and I to develop that essence of a daily moment by moment. Looking at him. Don't remove your mind on him. Don't be shaken by any bad news that comes from the left or from the right. That usually happens many times. We hear some bad news and suddenly, oh, what am I going to do? What is going to happen to my child? What? He says, you who is righteous in the Lord, you are not afraid of evil tidings. Why does the scripture say that? It's simply because, yes, I am the shepherd. I am right here with you. Don't be afraid of those evil tidings. They will come. They are part of the dust storms that keep on coming from left, from right. And they come to try to wipe away our faith and make us to lose sight of whom it is that we are looking unto. So he's encouraged you and, and I. Keep your eyes on me. I am the good shepherd. And realize something. That as we are in his presence, always what happens is that you've got that particular sense of being surrounded by his grace continually. And as he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the house of the Lord. What is the house of the Lord? If you think about it, he is everywhere. So which house does he stay in? Think about it first of all. The Lord says, you know, but David says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because in, the mind, in his mind, there is that aspect of being either in the temple or let us think about maybe the tabernacle. But think about it again. He is everywhere, omnipresent, whether it is in the rocks, in the holes, in the sea, wherever it is, in the space, wherever. He is Occupying everywhere, and he says, I'll, you know, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And many times I look at it, I just simply say to myself, it, it can only mean one thing. I will dwell in the presence of the Lord. His house is his presence. That is, wherever he is, I am. So I am secure in that particular place. Now, I want you to notice something comparing with our present age and our present time. In the list of the provision that the Lord is talking about as he speaks of the good shepherd. I want you to read something about the Lord Jesus. Can you read something? He does not say he will load us with uh, an abundance of material, material possessions. Take note of that. In the present world that we are, he says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's not saying that he will load us with material, material, you know, material, material possessions that we have. You know, I have our thousand cars. I can jump into this one, this one minute, then jump in the next one, the next minute, then jump in the next one, the next minute. He doesn't say he will, but he says, I shall not want. He will watch over you and make sure all your needs are met. 
In that list of the, uh, he cares for us, and there is food, there is drink, there is tranquility, there is rescue when we are lost, and even freedom from fear and evil or death or things like that. You know, being surrounded by his grace and being in his presence continually. Remember, he does, it does not talk of, I will give you power and control so that you control others and others submit themselves to you. Many times we seek to control each other and have dominion over each other. Realize the good shepherd says he is the one who is in control. He is the one who has the power. He is the one who watches over all of us. He is not seeking for one to have that muscle over the others and pump it down their throats because God has given me the power and the authority. I am the one who is to command you what to do. Never. He is the good shepherd. He is the one who has the power. He is the one who has the authority. And he's the one whom we look unto. Another aspect, remember, he has not said he will fulfill our compulsive desires. And you know, and you know, the constant, he will not keep us in constant entertainment. There is the faith that God is calling you and I unto. It is that faith of being balanced in everything and every step that we take, my brother and my sister. Let us be alert because the voice that goes on in the world is such that God will entertain you and keep you entertained right all through that, that all your desires, all your compulsive desires, they are met because he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So anything I will want, he will provide. The enemy can easily you know, pull our foot and we'll find ourselves in big trouble. But let us discover the good shepherd that he has given unto us. It basically says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So basically, it brings forth that faith for protection. And one beautiful thing about the good shepherd, as you look unto him, when the sheep are in the presence of the good shepherd, you realize something. The barking of the stray dogs, they do not startle the sheep. If you've been able to look at the sheep. So if the shepherd is there, even if the, a, a stray dog barks at them, they are not moved. They just look at the stray dog and they are relaxed. They continue to do whatever they were doing. But if the shepherd is not there, the moment the stray dog barks, if they are not looking at the, at the shepherd, they scatter, they, they, they get confused, and they will scatter in all directions. And that's what the Lord is looking unto you and unto me. Look unto me, the good shepherd, Jesus says. Because the stray dogs, the various demonic forces and principalities, they are barking on the left and on the right. If your eyes are not on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will start running heckless Kettler. You are running there, you are running there, you are running there for help, running to the other side, running to this other side. You become confused because you don't know which direction to turn to. And that is happening in the house of God. We are running left center, seeking for help in so many different places. Some saints even go to psychics and, you know, some mediums and what a fortune tellers with the hope to get an answer for whatever it is that is happening in their lives. They forget they are with the good shepherd. May the Lord help you and help, uh, help me that we may be able to look at this particular good shepherd. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The barking of the stray dog, it is not going to make you to, to startle you and make you to run. No, you will find yourself, you are secure. The barking of the stray dog, 
Sometimes the stray dog may come with sickness and with all forms of attacks. Let them not move you at all. Stand secure in the grace, in the grace that he has given. Remember, I am the good shepherd. He says, the Lord Jesus Christ, I shall not want. And therefore, as we look to him, he will bring us into that place of security and satisfaction for the honor of his name. Secondly, we say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The next thing, remember, he says, he leads me. In the, you know, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his, name's, his, for his name's sake. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. First of all, he, he, he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. That particular second aspect. So he makes you to lie down in green pastures. He provides for your food and for everything. He leads you beside the still waters. Now realize, he does not drive you. He doesn't put your head and, you know, I remember when we were children, we used to look after animals and we were not good shepherds at all. I remember I always, to put, I always used to put my animals in front of me and it's as if they have to find their way. I know we are going either to the river or wherever to look. I, I, I'm, I, I'm out there, they try to, I'm hitting them, beating them as we continue to try to get them moving, moving forward. But the good shepherd does not drive. He leads, he goes ahead of them. They follow him continually. He meets every danger ahead of the, of the ship. He does not let the ship to find their own, their own way to the place of the pasture. He goes ahead of them. And now realize that the ship confidently follows him. Because the ship knows that as long as the shepherd is ahead, all is well. As long as he's in front, their eyes are fixed on the shepherd. They will continue walking. They don't care whether, where, where they will pass. They will know that the shepherd will lead me through the right place. And sometimes he may lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. And we shall come to that later, maybe some other time. But as he leads us, as he goes ahead, he knows which place he will pass us through. That particular valley of the shadow of death. He is always ahead. You will not lose step or lose sight. But the most important thing, whether young or old, keeping your eyes on him, looking unto him. So ask yourself, am I looking unto him? Why? Because as we look unto him, he will bring us to the best pastures that we desire. And he says, he leads us by the quiet waters. Realize, the last of this world, they, come, they can come like a flood. They come flooding your mind, flooding your body, flooding your emotions, flooding your, your, all aspects of your life. They can come from all sides, be it on the TV, be it with friends, be it whatever. The lust and the desires of this life, they flood us in, in very big ways. And sometimes they drown so many. That's why in the love of many grows cold as a result of all these particular floods. But he says, he leads me by the quiet waters. Basically, one of the things about sheep is, as I was reading, it turns out that sheep are not able to drink from fast-moving waters. It's strange. I don't know whether it's because of the, how they are made, their, their, their nose will dip into the water and they will choke. 
by being in the world. And that's what happens with all human beings. Take a little, when they, they are given drugs, they choke in it, they become drug addicts. Take alcohol, they choke in it. And the alcohol can ruin one's life. You know, choke into the leisures of entertainment and straight away they are swept away very easily. That is the nature of the ship. But he says he leads us by the still quiet waters. That is, the shepherd is the one who knows where the, quiet, the waters will be either flowing slowly so the sheep will not be uh, choked when they are drinking or he knows where the waters are still. And once they are still there, he knows here the sheep will be able to, 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 to drink. And that is the essence. The only thing he says, he says, remember in verse 14 where, where we read, he says, I know my, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. He knows you and he expects you to know him. Likewise, that is because as you look to him, he will bring you to the quiet waters. I don't know what quiet waters, what needs to calm you, what it is that you're looking for. He says he will make you to lie down in green pastures. Generally, sheep, most of the time, you'll rarely find them when they are lying down. I, I, it's, I, it's, it's difficult for them to stand up on their feet, you know, because they are quite heavy. So they prefer to remain standing most of the time eating. But as, after they have eaten and they are fully satisfied, and in the presence of the shepherd, the shepherd makes them realize he makes them to lie down. Really, the sheep doesn't even go to lie by itself because most of the time they, they will fidget, fidget around. They don't, they, it's as if they are afraid. I don't know why. It is either in their physiology or whatever it is. But somehow he says, he makes me to lie down. He knows when you have failed enough and he knows when you need to lie down because you know, this is the time for you, for the, the sheep to turn around or the grass or whatever it has been eating in the, in the, in the, in the abdomen so that he can churn it around and be able to digest it into its system. He will make you to lie down as you look unto him. But many of the times that we fail to look unto him, and because of failing to look at him, we don't find a place to lie down to rest so that we may be able to regain our strength. He indicates that, you know, in his presence, he assures rest and tranquility. They are part and aspect, part and parcel of the daily routine that the Lord, our master, will bring unto you. And realize it is only by looking at the good shepherd that you will know where the still waters are. While he's leading those ones to the still waters, if you are running after something else in the world, you'll miss where the still waters are. You'll find yourself bogged down in some other place and you'll not be able to run away from that place. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And secondly, he leads me, he does not drive you. He will never push you into anything. Remember, the leading of the Lord is so wonderful. He is calling and he draws us step by step to bring us to the, bring us to the place where he's going to be or we're going to be of use unto him or we're gonna serve, we are going to serve him. I remember one time when I wanted to join the full ministry, I was in my A-levels. And a sudden flash came upon my spirit just before I finished my, my A-levels. It was the third term. We are going to our main, our main exams. And suddenly a great desire came upon me. Forget about these exams. Leave them all. They are useless. They are things of this particular world. Go and preach the gospel. And there was such a strange force. It's like something forcing me. You, you, you'll be stupid if you remain in this particular place. 
you know, I packed my, 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 my things. I was, we were in a boarding school. I packed my things in a boarding school and I walked out and said, I'm going to preach the gospel. I didn't know where I was going to preach the gospel. And uh, I, 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 left, I, I, left, I left my studies at that particular time. That is it, 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 almost that time, just two months to the, to the exam. I went, I went home. And when I reached the, in, the, in the, our capital city, the capital city, I was to travel to go up country because I was saying I'm going to preach up country where nobody else is going. Uh, that's where I'm going. I didn't have a clue of what it is that I was doing. Something was just driving me mad. It's like I was almost, almost going mad with the desire that I must go out and preach. I must go out and preach. That night, when I was to travel to go, there was a, a, a military coup in our country. And in that country, and all our things were stolen by the military people, the, the, the army as they were taking over. So I didn't have anything to travel with. I, 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 went back, I went back to my brother's house in the capital city wondering, what do we do? Then, uh, then it turned out the following week I was supposed to be returning to school. I found myself back in school, back in school to go and do my, my exam. And that day when I went back to school, it was a Roman Catholic school. That very first weekend when I stood up to preach in the Christian Union, the Holy Spirit came down and filled so many of the boys who were in the, in the meeting. Everybody started speaking in tongues. And I, I was taken aback. I was wondering, what is happening in this place? Because therefore, nobody had been filled. Suddenly, as I was preaching, the Lord, the Spirit started moving, and people started getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it dawned on me. The enemy was pushing you. It is not the Lord who was leading you to go to preach. He wanted you to go so that he can destroy whatever ministry God wanted to begin. The ministry is right here. Minister to these young people. Let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do your exam. Go on and do the other exams with the education. God will use you in due time. He is not in a hurry for you to go to preach. He's got many people who are preaching. And hence, finally, I found myself in Hope Community Church, Westland, thousands of miles away, here preaching that gospel that I had wanted to run away from school to go to preach. He will lead you. Besides the steel water, he will not drive you. He does not drive you. He will lead you. And finally, he restores my soul. Now listen about this aspect of him restoring your soul and restoring my soul. In the, how the interpretation has been put here, it sort of it has the impression like either I was depressed or I was not feeling good about myself and my world. And so the Lord, in a way, he restored me. He made me back to feel good about myself or something like that. No. In the original translation, it actually means, when that word they translated, he restores my soul. Actually, it's supposed to be translated, he brings me back. That is, when I am lost, he brings me, he brings me back. That word that I've used, restoring my soul, is more likely to, it's like, it's, it's, or supposed to be like, he brings me back from when I've gone into whatever place, or when the sheep realizes that it is lost. Most of the time, it tries to hide either in a bush or in a rock, and then it starts to bleed. To, you know, to cry out from that place of hiding as it, as it quivers, you know, it trembles because it realizes it is lost. And the shepherd must quickly locate it. If the shepherd doesn't locate it quickly, then the predators are likely to come and find it, find it out. And when the shepherd finds that particular sheep, uh, you know, most of the time it is traumatized with shock 
because of you know, it was thinking that all is gone. I don't have any place to turn to. He carries it back because he's not even able to walk by itself. He carries it back and brings it home. So, meaning, if it is not aided to be brought back home, it will not return. It will get lost because of the fear and because of the dangers that it has gone through. And that is faith in him makes you have that assurance that he will come after me. That bleating, it may be quiet in your spirit wherever you are. But one interesting thing is that the moment you call on him in the depths of your spirit, it pings straight away on his rudder. He will know where you are. He will reach out unto you, reach out unto me, if only we shall call. And thus, when we wander away, the Lord will watch over us and he will bring us into the place that he desires us to be. That is, you find that in the wilderness, as we, we, we finalize, in the wilderness, there are many, you know, you find there is a maze of so many faint, you know, footprints, tracks and trails of different, because different sheep walk in different ways. Whichever way they are going, because you don't know where they are going. Only the shepherd is able to choose the right, the right path to be able to lead his sheep through so that he will bring them back home. Without the shepherd, the sheep either will go, but they can fall into a hole, fall over the cliff. They may even go over a cliff and they can easily fall in that particular place. But the sheep, the good shepherd, he leads his flock, as he says, in paths of righteousness. He will lead you in the right path. He will not let you to pick up any trail and go along with it. That because I had prophet so-and-so say, I had pastor so-and-so say, I had brother so-and-so. No, it is not any path that he will let you to go in. He makes you to choose the right path because you are special unto him for the honor and for the glory of his wonderful name. Remember, as we have said, his name is the way. His name is the truth. His name is the life. His name is the light of the world. His name is the braid of light. His name is the resurrection. His name is the true vine. And now he tells us, I am, my name is the good shepherd. That is, he has to keep his reputation as a good shepherd. And out of his integrity, he acts. He does not, he cannot violate himself. To get you onto the wrong path. That's why he says he is the good shepherd. And a good shepherd does not lose his sheep. You can find that in John chapter 17 verse 12. A good shepherd does not lose his sheep. You know, he is very careful about you know, the paths that he leads his own sheep in. Because he loves his sheep. And for his own name's sake, for the sake of his own name, he will do anything to prevent accidents and to prevent attacks of any animals to come and swallow you in one way or another. He knows my name. And as we finish, let us, let us sing together the particular song that he knows my name. He says, look unto him. He inspires faith that in him you will find food, you will find drink, you will find tranquility, you will find rescue, you will find restoration. For yourself, for your family, whatever it is that we may be going through, I am the good shepherd, he says. He will lead you beside the still waters, he will restore, he will, he will bring you back. 
He will lead you. He will not drive you. He will restore or he will restore your soul or he will bring you back for the glory of his name. Let us sing this song as we meditate on what it is that we have before us. And let your faith once again be brought up all for the glory of God. And I want you to call unto him in whatever state that you are. I will ask if Mary can give us that for your song quickly. Just relax quietly in his presence as we sing that. And then we shall be through all for the glory of his name. Yeah. 